Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you, Ken. It's nice to be here. So let me just give everybody a little background here. Jamie Elizabeth Thompson is a sex and intimacy coach. She specializes in working with awakening entrepreneurs. She's known for her trademark system, Erotic Wiring, which actually is designed to help people turn on their internal switchboard and awaken their potential through having the best sex of their life. Jamie, <laughs> I love this. This is awesome. I love the, the association of the awakening your potential through the best sex of your life. Yeah. How did you get here? Give us a glimpse into how you got started doing this work. Absolutely. So about 10 years ago, when I began my path as a coach, I was working with men in dating. And I noted what I noticed is that their relationship to their own sexuality was directly impacting their results. And I found that as, as they became more embodied and developed a, a sense of presence through really dropping into and, and having no apology for their, their sexuality or their sexual desires, that it freed them up and they were when they were able to really communicate their desire more freely and have an internal permission for it, that they actually just became better in dating. They became better on dates, they became better in conversation. And, and then, meanwhile, for the last eight years, well, not the last eight years, but uh, two years ago for eight years, I studied intensively with someone by the name of Dr. Carl Wolf. And this was a really interesting psycho-spiritual personal development incubator. And so we worked really intensively with several different people. And I, I went through being training in the programs to being an intern and then helping facilitate. And what we did is a lot of work based in Jungian psychology with the shadow communication techniques and, and work based in neuroscience and somatic movement reprogramming, plus a healthy dose of, of mysticism, hence a kind of a psycho-spiritual container that we we're working in. And again, I noticed the same thing that I had noticed in my work with, with people in dating. And it was that what was getting in the way with people moving forward was sexual shame and a lack of experiencing one's own sensuality and and not feeling the freedom to really explore and the ways that people were limited sexually i found out is the ways that they were limiting themselves in their life and so it ended up being kind of this root issue that i found was really juicy to dive into with people because a lot of people were either indulging or repressed and and few 
people really, because we're not taught this, there's no conscious adult sex education that really teaches us to harness and channel our sexual energy into creation, into power and vitality and growth and also and connection and more of who we want to be. So for the last, and then for several years, I also got into actually doing some live sex coaching. And so that was some real on the court work with clients where I saw a lot of the nuance and the fear and the inhibitions that were coming up with sex. And as we were able to work through all these these limitations in their erotic experience, they began showing up completely differently in life. And so this led me to my work with, you know, creating the erotic menu and erotic wiring to give people the ingredients to continue to create their own erotic recipes and have a shared language and context to really explore safely and with a, a new profound level of fulfillment and being able to meet each other in a completely new way, intimately. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love that because, you, I mean, 100%, I, I see this too with so much sexual shame. And obviously, if we're you know ashamed of a, a hardwired part of who we are, that makes it pretty hard to to show up as your best. Absolutely, I love that. I love that you said hardwired too, because it it is, and it's funny because there's almost this piece in our culture right now where it seems, and and this isn't just right now, but culturally, there's this thing that's like, oh, sex is an extra. Your sexuality is something that doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's kind of like brushed off to the side. And when in fact it's actually a part of our being that that is hardwired in there. And so if it's not getting attention, and you know, then then it can get a a virus. You know, just like a computer hardware, right? You know, what I mean, like it can it can stop working. It can shut down. And that's where I think erotic wiring is such a is such an amazing tool that I've seen work with people because you can actually start to look at the way that your personal system is is hardwired and and then update that and enhance it and really see build upon what you already have to ultimately create a really passionate foundation that can serve not only your relationship, but the rest of your life. And I work with a lot of visionaries and, you know, creative entrepreneurs who have a high value on their impact and really going into their erotic life as a personal resource ends up being a wonderful personal development tool. Awesome. Love it. And just to clarify, you work with both men and women? I do. I actually work with men, women, and couples. Okay. Because I just want to make sure, since you said it kind of came from your work with men, I want to make sure everybody yes. knew that you work with everyone. Awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, because obviously we focus on partnership here, and I'm wondering if, and maybe it's from your work or maybe it's just a personal thing, but I'm, I'm wondering, what do you... What do you have as kind of like your, I call it a guiding principle. Some people use a quote or a mantra, but it's kind of their anchor point that gets them back on track when they get off the page regarding their partnerships. What do you use for that? Mm. I'm a really big fan of a couple of things. And I, I call it the empowered 
desire approach. And it's a way of communicating where we learn to what what like kind of the guiding posts for me personally in relationship are responsibility, curiosity, and vulnerability. And so with with the empower desire approach, when something feels like it's off, I bring it back to to look at you know yours truly first before projecting anything onto my partner. And this is a part of what I teach as well where we go, we go in and we actually look at like, what am, what am I creating? Um, and, and then what is my desire? What am I, what am I desiring right now? And then how can I show up in, in that desire, having taken responsibility for it with both curiosity and vulnerability with my partner? Assuming that when you're saying you're getting off track, that there's some kind of conflict involved. I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I, my favorite part about that is the, the desire part. Because I, I, I feel like, and, and tell me if this is what your experience is as well, is oftentimes we're doing things or we're saying things, we don't even know where we're going with it. Like we don't even have a desired outcome. We're just doing what we're supposed to say or supposed to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of times there's there's this idea and i hear this so often and i'm glad that you brought this up ken because there's so often in talking about this work with people people are like well i don't know what i want you know i don't know what i desire i have no idea what is that like you're allowed to desire things <laughs> so there's definitely a place that a, a lot of us sit and i know because i i used to be that way i didn't know that it was okay to to want things. I didn't know that it was okay to have desires and that those in inside of those desires were the, the seeds of the creativity that would then lead me to the next place that I'm meant to go. I believe our desire is actually in many ways our North star, you know, it's, it's a guiding light. And if we aren't aware of what our desire is, one of the things I've discovered that many times is in the way it, it you know, there's this experience of, of boredom or confusion. And many times that indicates that there's a deeper layer of truth and true desire that is underneath our current experience. So if we're sitting here in this moment and we're like, I don't know what I want there's actually something deeper that is percolating underneath the surface that the story of confusion or boredom or not knowing is, is covering up. And many times it, it can be perhaps something that lives in our shadow, whether that be our dark shadow or our golden shadow, but it's, 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 some, it's some part of ourself that is too bright or too dark that we've now pushed underneath the surface and it seems like we don't know what we desire because there's a part of us that really isn't ready or willing to look at what is underneath there. And that's okay, but it's it's a it's a frame that can kind of help us discover what we are actually desiring in that in in this moment. Yeah, no that's that's so important, so powerful because uh, again I love what you said about, you know, inside of your desires are the seeds of creativity. And yeah. there is like a stigma to that word desire. 
right? It's like, oh, that's something kind of almost inappropriate. And yet it's, like you said, it's kind of our guidance. It's kind of our North Star. But because I think part of it is because there's a lot of uh, individuality to our desires, it makes it scarier because there isn't everybody going, oh, yeah, me too. Instead, it's like, really? That's your thing? Like, that's your desire? And so we get, we feel very vulnerable, right? We feel very uh-huh. raw and exposed when we're owning what those desires are. I think owning our desire, especially in relationship and especially in intimacy or sex, I think owning our desire is one of the most vulnerable experiences two human beings can have in each other's presence. And I mean, talk about something that will bring you closer together. You know, if if you're experiencing a, a lack of closeness, it's like, look at what the deeper desires are that you've been afraid to share so far, and maybe even afraid to share with yourself because there's also intimacy with self and and then there's intimacy with partner and intimacy with group and i think that desires and since we're really unpacking this this concept of desire i think that it's it's a pivotal part of intimacy with both self partnership group and the world ultimately because it it's like when we are really engaging with life and really showing up with 100% of ourselves in our desire that is not only a it's a vulnerable experience which is why a lot of people don't do it but it's also one of the most fulfilling juicy just enjoyable ways to be in life i found and i know when i'm when i'm getting a little if if i'm feeling a little you know again to the boredom because i i hear that a lot in relationship if i'm feeling bored or just a little apathetic i know that there's some desire that's that's living in there that I haven't fully embraced, looked at, owned and shared vulnerably. So that's the thing is it's like often people will uh, sanitize their desire because sharing what the actual desire is, is too risky. And then we end up going down these paths where we're not actually getting exactly what we want and when, when we could, but we just would have to take the risk to say, hey, you know, I am actually interested in, in dominance and surrender and exploring that with you. Are you open to going there with me? Instead of just like, yeah, I kind of am interested in, in having sex more often, <laughs> right? You know, it's like being specific about what we actually want a lot of times is where we can really truly be met in a way that isn't possible if we're hiding out behind the sanitized version. I love that word sanitized because it speaks so perfectly to it. Because like you said, so we give a sanitized version of our desire and then it isn't really, you know, that desire is not fulfilled, which in turn makes us question that our desire was valid. But the truth was you didn't really honor the, the desire in the first place. So you you didn't give yourself the chance to find out what that desire brought you to. So sanitize is such a perfect word because that's what we're doing. We're trying to clean it up so it's okay for public consumption. Mm, so good. Yeah, absolutely. So or I'm, even for our partner's consumption. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and then and then we end up in this place where 
uh, often people will say, well, I tried to tell them that I wanted this. <laughs> so often I hear this, like, yeah. well, I've tried, I've tried to tell them. And, and my question is always, well, how, how did you try to tell them and how many times and in how many different ways and how vulnerable were you about, about it? Or was it, was it, uh, was it boxed in, in the demand box, you know, or was it actually boxed in vulnerability and authenticity and like the, the real, uh, the vulnerable reach that comes with desire. And I, I, I just think so often we try to ask for something like I remember in a relationship, I, you know, I wanted, I, I had a desire and I asked for it and I asked for it once and, and it was, it was too edgy for him. And he said, Oh no, I, I would never do that. And I never asked him for a desire again. Mm -hmm. I never asked him for anything else again. This was a relationship in my early 20s. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I gave up on myself that easily. You know, and I think we give up on our desires really easily when we encounter any sort of resistance instead of getting curious about what the resistance actually is and showing up with 100% of our desire, but then sticking around to really negotiate and get curious about the resistance instead of just shutting down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely lots of layers here. <laughs> We're only starting to scratch the surface. Yeah. So I want to ask you, one of the things that, that our, our guests love, or our, our listeners love about our guests is that our guests are so generous in sharing, you know, their personal experiences. And I, I'd love to ask you, Jamie, like, what's a time in your life where you kind of tripped up in partnership. Maybe it was around intimacy, maybe it was around something else. But just give us kind of a brief synopsis of, you know, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that has allowed you to move forward? Mm, absolutely. I'm thinking of a relationship and a, and a tendency um, that I've actually played out in several different relationships. And it's, it's my tendency to want to control my partner and, and manage their experience. So my experience of myself is often that I can be intense and overwhelming and intimidating and have a lot of energy and life force and that it can be a lot for people sometimes. And it shows up in relationship in the way of many times I end up trying to manage or control the way that someone else experiences me because I don't want to be that way. And so then I end up getting resentful because I can't be my whole self. And, and I, feel, I feel limited and I feel stilted. So one of the ways that I was really able to dive into this was in giving myself a place, a safe playground where I could be my full extent of my, of my muchness. And that was actually in the bedroom and in the bedroom is a place where I have found, you know, through setting up 
the 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 context of of the the bedroom being a playground and a place to exercise our our shadows and a place to find new parts of ourselves that I was able to set up a container where I could just really be a lot and not feel like I needed to limit myself in any way not feel like I need to hold myself back and and really explore you know some of these wilder energies that exist inside of me and in that what was fascinating Ken is I found a a surrender to it so what I thought I was going to find was was this you know this place where I could just be controlling and 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 dominating and and wild and what I ended up finding was when that fight was all gone, what was there was this deep embodied surrender that was able to, that I was able to access. And this is something that I've been trying to access for my entire life. I mean, I've been trying to, to learn how to surrender through personal development and through spiritual work. And, and it's, it, it's been, it's been a challenge for me you know, part of it, I don't know if you study the Enneagram or anyone, mm-hmm. you know, the Boulder community knows a lot about the Enneagram. I'm an eight, <laughs> <laughs> you're right? You're, you're I'm an eight. eight. I'm an eight. I'm a six. So surrendering the, the control and, and experience and, and being vulnerable and experiencing, you know, the, what I might call weakness, but is actually a really beautiful place within myself of vulnerability and submission that I actually really deeply craved. So that's what came out of this, this experience of really letting myself go fully into my, my brightness and my power and my, and my domination was actually this, this other sweet part was able to emerge. And this is kind of what I find with the work with using, um, using our erotic nature as a personal development tool is Many times what we find in there is not what we expect. And if we allow ourselves to really go, go go fully into an energy that we might judge or reject or or suppress in ourselves, that we might uncover something completely different. Yeah, I mean, obviously your story is a perfect example. You you went there thinking this was your control space and it ended up being your surrender. <laughs> completely. And, and I got to control too. I mean, that was fun and that was a part of it. You know, and and it was a place for me to, you know, I will also say that doing like being able to to set up a container where I get to where I get to be dominant too, is is so nice because I find myself not doing that in life as much then, you know, it's like I get to do it and I all I need is like five minutes and then I'm like, okay, surrender, take me. (laughs) But it's it's like I need that five minutes to, to feel like I have some kind of power and then that that story and that that um veneer kind of falls away and something else is available nice so i'm curious why do you think you decided to choose you know the bedroom being in in that physical intimacy space why was that where you went that's going to be my safe playground (laughs) i i you know because it's the because it, it was, you know, just bringing this back full circle, it, there was a seed of desire that was like, I want to play with this in in the bedroom. 
it was a desire. It was like, I want to see what it's like to, to go to a new space of both control and losing control. And, and it, it felt like a juicy place to explore that. Awesome. I, I, and I'm so happy that you went back to desire <laughs> because the, the reason I asked you that question is I wanted to make sure that it was clear for our listeners. It wasn't like you had, this was the right place. I knew exactly what was going to happen. You just followed that guidance. Yes. And you went, you know what? I could definitely play both sides of the coin there. Why don't I make that the place? And you went there. Yeah. And obviously had tremendous you know, experience from that. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I want to kind of flip things around a little bit, Jamie. And what I'd like to do now is if you would share a time or story in your life of, of, I call it a proud moment in partnership. It could be anything, you know, romantic, family, professional. But what's a time when you think back on that and you're just like, that was so cool. And like, you just can't even help yourself. You just start smiling. Mm, absolutely. Mm, I love this question, too. There's a, let's see, there was a moment when my partner was really upset and, and I felt the place in me that would normally go into some kind of reaction, whether it be a defensive reaction or a caretaking reaction, right? Like I have both. That, that come online in various situations. And one of the one of the pieces that I'm continually working on for myself is to be able to show up and receive whatever their reaction is without taking it personally or getting well, getting defensive and then taking it personally or uh, attacking back or trying to explain or take away their experience. And part of this, I think, is the the shadow of being a coach in relationship. And this is where I, we, we get to, we get to be the partner and not the coach. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is a piece that, that I've worked on, you know, having been a coach for 11 years, it's like, it, it's so in my system to do that. And there's this other way of, of showing up in relationship where in this moment that I'm remembering specifically what came out of my mouth are four words that I think can change everything. And, and, you know, most of my partner's just upset and, 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 and just in the emotional reaction, in the trigger, you know, projecting judgmental, self-criticizing, criticizing of me, just, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a blow up experience that can be challenging for, uh, for a lot of us. And, I, I, I stopped, I took a deep breath and I just said, thank you for sharing. And, and that was it just sat there in it. And, and just with, and I felt my, my heart open and expand and like be able to hold my partner in their reaction without taking it on, taking it personally or getting defensive and, and attacking back or caretaking. And it was just in the moment with it. And, and in that, you know, we sat there for a moment and, and just breathed and, 
And then we started laughing. And there was actually this this humor that came out because something was so funny about it. Maybe it was it was different. It was like a different way of responding. It wasn't it wasn't my like practiced way or it wasn't coaching. It wasn't anything. It was just completely authentic in the in the moment. And and I remember that because the, the laughter was so it, it was just it was so genuine and and so much of of just seeing the the experience of how weird it is to be human and how okay that is that we just have these emotions that, that come and go and and uh and it was kind of the co- a cosmic joke moment that ended up coming out of that i love that that's that's so awesome and i think my favorite part is is where you were talking about you know you just said thank you mm-hmm. and you just honored their experience you didn't have to make up a story around it you didn't have to take it on you didn't have to do anything just like being present yeah and unfortunately that's a very rare thing and i can think of a very similar situation i had with with uh, a woman i was engaged to and we had you know the blowout and, and everything was going on and very similar. I can't remember the exact words, but it was something effective, you know, thank you. And I could tell she was still, you know, on edge and she left the room and, and I could hear her crying and I just had to let her have that experience. Mm. And I'm sitting there wanting to go comfort her and I'm like, nope, nope, I got to let her have the space to, to do this. And I remember she came back and she walks up to me and she goes, thank you. Nobody's ever let me do that before. Wow. Because people are always trying to take care of it for you but then you don't get to have the experience. So and good. Oftentimes when we do that, you know, if we jump in and go, oh, this means this, and I need to take care of that or control that, we're really invalidating that person that they can handle it themselves. And so we're, without meaning to, we're taking their power from them. We're going, oh, no, no, you can't handle it. I better do that for you. So that's so awesome what you just described of, you know, yeah, it was a blowout and you could have easily been reactive, but instead you just were present and went, thank you. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, this is kind of crazy. It's kind of funny. It's kind of, and all, everything moves, <laughs> right? Instead of yeah. getting resisted and that's where it gets stuck. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. So Jamie, we, we've arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we, we leave the stories behind and we basically get down to some nuts and bolts that the, the, the listeners can take with them. And where I want to start is I want to ask you, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Wow. That your partner is always reflecting something about you and some way our partners are always showing us what piece there is for us to work on and it, every trigger is every trigger begins and ends internally with us and so if someone's activating that trigger that there's always a place to look internally instead of trying to make them change so that we can be more comfortable. Beautiful. That's a great one. 
So let me ask you this then. If you could pick just one, what would be the book or resource you'd recommend to our listeners and why? Mm. I'm going to have to go back to desire again because that seems, mm -hmm. you know, that's one of my cornerstones of what I work with. And I'm going to go ahead and say Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. I'm a huge fan of, of that book because it defines something called erotic intelligence and explores what what that means and gives permission for desire and for exploration in a safe and fulfilling way. Awesome. That's a great one. Yeah, I don't think anybody's recommended that before. So that's okay. awesome new addition to our library. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Obviously, we barely scratched the surface, <laughs> and I know there's I so say, much more here. I would say. <laughs> um, you know what I would love? I would love it if you would let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do. Yes, absolutely. So my website is jamieelizabeththompson.com, J-A-M-I-E-E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and... I am also, I post a lot of juicy, insightful content on both Facebook and Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Holistic Sex Coach, and my Facebook is facebook.com slash Miss, M-I-S-S, Jamie Elizabeth, J-A-M-I-E-E-L-I-Z-B-E-T-H. Awesome. And... If that was way too much for somebody to write down, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to have this all on the show page, so you don't have to worry about it. You'll just put in Jamie's name on the Speaking of Partnership page, and you'll go right there, and you'll see links. So it'll be really, really easy. So don't worry if you didn't get that written down real quick. Well, Jamie, I, thank you for all the all the sharing, all the insights. And, and I know this has definitely stirred the pot for a lot of people, which is fantastic. That's what we're here to do. Thank you for being on the show today. Absolutely. And Ken, as a, as a thank you for having me on as well. If any of your listeners contact me through any of the uh, outlets that I shared, I will offer them a hundred dollars off my erotic wiring program. It's called Turn On Your Erotic Wiring. And so if anyone's having any challenges with knowing what they desire or having a shared language with their partner to communicate it, this is a course that can help a lot with that. So if they uh, say they came from you, then I will give them a coupon code. That is awesome. Thank you so much. That is so mm -hmm. amazing. All right, folks. So there you go. One more barrier removed. You have no reason not to contact Jamie and get some support in this. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for being on the show. This has been an absolute treat. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.